Welcome everybody to Screenfish Radio. I'm so glad you could join us this week as we are talking about Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. And I am so excited this week to have back two of two wonderful members of our team, Chris Utley and Shayun Aloha Ake. Uh, welcome to you both. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you for having us back. I need Kleenex for this podcast episode. I don't know if I'm going to make it considering this movie we're talking about. I'm dead serious. No, I'm. I just. I. I thought maybe you had a cold. I didn't realize no, no, you were no, talking no, no. emotion. No, no, no. It's gonna be hard to talk about this one without being shook, shaken, shook, whatever the word is. Okay. Cause, yeah, I've seen it. The thing's at three hundred million already. So y'all know. Mm-hmm. There's all audience knows. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, for those of you who don't know, actually, for those of you who do know as well, uh, Wakanda Forever tells the story of Queen Ramonda, Shuri, Mbaku, Okoye, and the Dora Milaje as they fight to protect their nation from intervening world powers in the wake of King T'Challa's death. As the Wakandans strive to embrace their next chapter, their heroes must band together with Nakia and Everett Ross to forge a new path for their beloved kingdom. The film is written and directed by Ryan Coogler and stars uh, Tina Huerta, Letitia Wright, Dominic Thorne, and Angela Bassett. Uh, and as always, this podcast is rated S for spoilers. Um, but let's hear from you both. What did you think of Black Panther? Also, got to give credit to Coogler's co screenwriter, Joe Robert Cole, who yes. also wrote the original, well, the first Black Panther film as well. Oh, really? Oh, I didn't realize yes. that. Yep. It was okay. a collabo, as we say in hip-hop speak. For sure. Um, well, what, let's let's have at it. What did you think of uh, Wakanda Forever? Ladies first. <laughs> I really liked it. I always never know. I, I really liked the movie. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think I need to get in more questions to get into specifics. But it was a good film. I think, like... I like the direction they took it in, like uh, with what happened obviously in real life, Um, like how they wrote the script and how the story progressed. Um, I think it was perfect for after, you know, after Tari Guzman. Um, Yeah, so I'm really happy about that. And I'm really glad that that Sheree got to be front and center because I really liked Tisha Wright, the character. So it was nice to see her kind of take that role um, and kind of like step into this bigger, bigger role, bigger position, trying to ha- have to grow up in a way a little bit in the film, which is nice to see as well. Um, also, it was really nice to see like the 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 merge of cultures with um, the Kalokans and the people in Wakanda, and just having kind of those two worlds in the same film, and then also being celebrated like as audience members seeing the two ethnicities races in in the film together together like that yeah yeah absolutely um you know i i will say this you mentioned about the the talicans um all i could think of when i saw them was oh no what what bad timing is this <laughs> Atlantis. yeah i'm like we're, we're five weeks away at this point well not now but we were at that point five weeks away avatar. from uh avatar <laughs> <laughs> the way of water and we've got another group of blue people as a uh, underwater I was like oh no 
Oh, no, no. It's funny because they showed the trailer for Avatar before the movie started. And so you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> you know, if they weren't blue, and I understand why they have to be blue, but if they weren't blue, it probably wouldn't have, I wouldn't have drawn the connection as, as so closely. But, um, but yes, absolutely. Um, so you thought that. I thought um, Aquaman. Yeah, <laughs> it's fair. <laughs> um, I mean, the guy does look like he could be Jason Momoa's brother. <laughs> Yeah. Um, what's his name? Uh, Tinoch Huerta. 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 Yeah. Um, Chris, I mean, I'll, I'll let you. What did what'd you think? I can't think about this movie without the insides of my soul shaking. That's not hyperbole. That's just blunt force honesty. And may as well just start laying your questions out because I'm about to drop the big bomb in the next thing that I'm about to say. And because so many of my friends have had the exact same reaction. The tears started flowing at the start of the movie. Because I'm sitting there like, they wrote his death into the script? His for real, for real death. I was expecting. I was expecting some solemn thing or a title card saying that something happened and he died and we would just come in at the funeral. But for them to write Shuri desperately trying to find a way to recreate the heart-shaped herb to save him and then Queen Ramonda coming in to say your brother is now with the ancestors. I was gone. I was gone. And that whole funeral and the procession and the elegant way that his body complete in the pose is beamed to the ship. And then the silent uh, Marvel logo, which was all Chad. I was wrecked. I was wrecked. And then the story goes on to wreck me more and more and more. But then on top of that, you get all this layer of richness, all this layer of texture. The fact that Kugler and his co-writer um, Cole took the time to immaculately flesh out Namor's people and his whole backstory all the way down to Mayan authenticity to where they're just a maniacal villain just to be a maniacal victim. Hmm. Um, to be a maniacal terror, so uh, rather. Like the all the layers and all the colors and all the subtext and all the different things and then the big mid-film cathartic moment to where if I was in a black movie theater, the whole artist would have screamed, No, they didn't just kill Angela Bassett! But I'm sitting there like, They killed her off? The unraveling, because it, it, 
like I said, I'm I'm still shaking. I've seen it twice. I'm about to see it third time while I'm on Thanksgiving break with my family, and I'm just like, man, Ryan Coogler just did so 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 much in this story. You know, I, I've noticed in Kugler's films that I have seen, and I, I have I think he's done five films. I think I've seen three or Ravel Station, Creed, Creed. These two films, the two Black Panthers. Is that it? What's number five? Oh, Maybe I'm wrong. Five. second Creed. He didn't do it. He didn't do. He didn't direct um, Creed two. He, he did. He did Black Panther instead, which is why Creed two isn't very good. But <laughs> um. I have noticed. Okay, so I haven't seen Fruitvale Station, but I've seen the other three. I have Our noticed Fruitvale that Fruitvale Station is going to gut you, man. I, I have I have great trust in Kugler's work. I've noticed he has a, an incredible ability to flesh out his. I'm going to say antagonists as opposed to villains. Um, you know, um, where where they're not one note one note bad guys, um, which is something Marvel desperately needs in their repertoire is somebody who can do that because so often we get villain of the week with these films and it's sort of like, okay, okay. but they did a wonderful job with Namor, Namor, Namore. Um, um, and, uh, and of course they did a wonderful job with, uh, with Killmonger, um, making them people that you could almost agree with. Um, but you don't because it's not their movie. <laughs> but but making them reasonable to a point. I mean, let's go into that though. If you want to unpack Namor, because I'd rather get him out of the way. Because sure. not to diss, but I'm just saying, you know, we all just assume that that meteor only hit Wakanda. And that's where all the vibranium was. Imagine that as a mind blower that I can't even pronounce where he's from. Was it Talokan? Yeah, Talokan. It's T T A. Yeah. That the other that the meteorite touched down on them too, and they're sitting on a host of vibranium as well. And Again, the brilliance of the writing to have, you know, the colonizers assume that, all right, Wakanda has this resource. They're not trying to hold it to the world. They're trying to hold it back from all of us. What can we do? We get our hands on it because we're greedy. Which was that great UN scene that opened up the rest of the story. That scene was lit. Yeah. The French mercenaries trying to steal it in the door. Mila Jai just coming in and just ripping them to pieces. Intercut with Queen Ramona's speech. Pretty much saying that I know exactly what it is you're doing. You're trying to mine us for resources and this, that, and the other. You can't help but think about the African story. How much gold, how many diamonds have been pillaged by colonizers. And looking at, again... Namor's story, knowing what they are, what the propensity of these individuals are able to do if they could get his hands on his 
because he's seen them at work being alive for hundreds of years or whatever it was. He's seen their ability and their capacity. He's like, eh, eh, it ain't gonna be me. I'll kill you first. I'll kill everybody that stands in my way first. Yeah, I, you know, it. I, I loved, I loved that opening scene because it really establishes a tone for the nation of Wakanda in the film. Um, whereas we know it's a, a nation riddled with grief, and I know we're gonna we're gonna talk about grief. I, I know as we as we go on, but it would. Yeah. But rather than just being a nation that is sad. Um. Ramonda is there when Ramonda speaks it's with such force and, and honestly I, I'm Bassett's wonderful like Bassett's a wonderful actress she she always has been she better freaking win best supporting actress she was incredible I'm sorry I'm sorry nobody's gonna come in and be as good as her yeah I, I will it's say her time, it's her moment I'm sorry I didn't mean to interrupt you there Chris I... that's all I said it's her time it's her moment They've got to give it to her. She was just too good. This whole movie is just too good. That you can't. It's a little bit early because we usually say this for the end, but this is above MCU. The whole thing's way above MCU. In what you way? Just treat, you can't just treat this like in standard issue. MCU episode, not with all this gravitas and everything else attached to it. You just can't. You just can't. It's in its own separate class and category. But go back to your point, I cut you off. No, 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 not at all. In fact, I'm, I'm interested in, in what you're saying now, too, because... Um... I just, I just thought she was absolutely fierce in the film. Like every every scene she was in, and I, I've seen her be phenomenal before, but she owned every scene she was in. It was remarkable. But but I, 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 I want to come back to what you just said there. I, I, Shay, I want to hear what you think too. Above MCU film, I would love to know what that means and, and in what way. And is you it? Shay, do you MCU, agree? You, you, you look at the MCU, you look at the entire thread, works with what they do, how they patchwork everything, that goes with that, goes with that. It's the biggest cinematic and now televised jigsaw puzzle you've ever seen. Everything is connected. Even with the craziness that was Infinity War and Endgame, everything was connected. But this elevated even though they threw us those bones by connecting everything by including Everett Ross and Bombshell his ex-wife just so happens to be I never hear her name right Valentina yeah something is that the name Julia Dreyfus <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to get her character name right I know it's Julia Dreyfus is they didn't miss that particular piece of detail. That's fine. But this whole thing 
and there's no real, real there, there's no really way to, to really go into just how hefty it is without talking about Chadwick's passing and what that first film and him and that character meant to the whole of cinematic culture and then multiply that by infinity to black American culture and say you know, I'm leaving to you to speak to his impact on African culture. For us to come into this to see what they were gonna do, how they were gonna do, and all with with all of that weight that we as a culture brought into the theater with us. And two hours, 41 minutes later, we're just sitting here, you know, like I said, we, we, we saw something on a higher level. We, it's like we watched, we didn't just watch another episode in the MCU canon. We saw a piece of cinema. We saw a vivid, a bold, a breathtaking masterwork of cinema. And I hate the fact that that's not being brought up in the conversation more in the film world simply because it's MCU. Nah, it's something else. <laughs> something, something, something else. Shay, Shay, what do you think about this? I mean, this is, these are bold statements that are being said here. And, and I'm, I'm, I hear the heart behind it. Um, but do you think this is something else, or was it just a really good episode of, you know, four hundred episode saga that we're in, or whatever it is now? I definitely think it was also. I also definitely think um, it was something beyond Marvel, beyond the MCU, um, and I feel like I think even because of how impactful the first, like I think the first first one was also something beyond the MCU, um, so this one just kind of like had to follow follow with that and I think maybe like I remember when the first one came out in 2018 um and like I'd been like a Marvel person forever like since the movies were coming out I was going to see all the films but now like my parents are going to see it and like my friends who never like read comic books or watched any comic book tv or movies are going to see it and people like that were not interested in the comic book superhero thing were going to see Black Panther and I think um like in terms of I guess cinema, it did something for uh, Black actors, Black writers, Black stories, African stories in terms of that. But then also did something for us to the point where like, if I felt like it was like, oh, like for me anyway, like I've been watching Marvel since I was, I don't know, 10, 12, whatever. Um, and now I felt like the this big corporation or this big screen was like, oh, like we also see you and we also think like, your stories are valuable, even if it's it's fictionalized in, in the way we tell it. We also think your stories are valuable. And I think, I don't know, it took me a while. I think it was even when Chadwick Boseman died that I really like started to like understand the big impact that can have on a person, especially like a child growing up. And I remember talking about this um, when he passed was, I, I went to summer camp in 2019 and I was like, I was like a camp leader. And I met these two kids, they were both black and they saw me and they were like, oh, like, they heard us from Africa. They're like, oh, you're from Wakanda? And I was like, no, I'm from Nigeria. But then I was like, okay, cool. And then again, I started thinking about that and how like 
a few years before that, maybe a decade before that, if I went somewhere and I was like, I'm Nigerian, the the response would be different. It would be like, oh, okay. It, it, it was not cool or or nice, I don't know, to be African. People got taunted for that. Um, and so now seeing these kids be like, oh my gosh, you're Wakanda. And even though Wakanda isn't a real place, mm. the kind of like joy they had and like light they had that somebody from Africa is, is here um, was really impactful. And so that's why I think the first one was beyond, it was beyond, I think even beyond the film was beyond the MCU. And so this one definitely, again, because Chad Kupusman died and because he was so impactful to culture, this had to go beyond that too. Like I think it had to go really into like the hearts of everyone watching like okay we're we're all going through some kind of grief and how do we get through it together more than just this is an mcu film that's going to set up something else to happen and to that point about grief in chadwick's passing to see i have to go back the fourth time i saw black panther in theaters first three we didn't take my um three we didn't take my son who my younger son how old was he may have been four years old at the time yeah he was four so we didn't take him till the fourth time because we went to see it at at, at a drive-in the kids were out of school i didn't even tell them we just packed in and the movie came on and my youngest kid goes there goes black panther every time something happened black panther black, you know and when it was over, he's running around the house. <laughs> and mainstream audiences got Superman, Batman, Iron Man, Thor, you name it, all the way down the line. And with all due respect to even Anthony Mackie as the Falcon, who's now Captain America, and respect to Don Cheadle, who is was the Iron War Machine, yeah, War Machine, you know, who was always the sidekick sitting next to the guy. I mean, think of Aldous Hodge and Black Adam as Hawkman, you know, the guy sitting next to the guy. We had never had someone who was the guy. So even in Chadwick's appearance in Captain America Civil War doing his thing, we're like, okay, this is the guy. He's getting a movie? I'm going to see that. But in his movie, he became that guy. He became our guy for my sons to look at and to say, to see themselves represented, to see someone in their hue, in their Imago day represented as heroic and humble and fierce and noble and all the things that enraptured um, T'Challa. And then when he died, so I'm scrolling through Facebook and I see the announcement and all of a sudden I pause the TV and I just start screaming, please be fake, please be fake. And my son's all, what's going on? My oldest son's going on. I saw him the thing, and we just looked at each other like, Whoa. we as a collective lost our hero. Mm. 
Same way, with all due respect to Henry Cavill, Brandon Ralph, and all of that, Superman is Christopher Reeve. <laughs> Point blank. Bunch of different Batmans. Some people are on Christian Bale. Some people are on um, Michael Keaton. Chadwick Boseman is T'Challa. He belongs to us as a collective. And what that meant to us when he passed. And all the debates that we saw. Do you recast? Do you not recast? What direction are they going to take? What are they going to do? When the comic series becomes Black Panther. So it's all going to be about her now. And all of that. His spirit. His soul. Everything that he brought was resting upon every ounce of that of this piece of cinema that we are watching. They absolutely could not get this wrong. Not only did they not get it wrong, the way that they executed it and went about it in such an unpredictable way they didn't do anything cheesy that you expect a MCU movie to do. What they crafted to honor Chadwick as T'Challa was just stunning. So when we go into the beginning of this film and it's his funeral sequence, and I don't even know if you know Steve, if you do Steve, the call to arms was that. We need to wear our African white garb to the theater, and I wore mine. <laughs> yeah, okay, I knew you did that, but that was that was a thing. Like I, that was yeah. a thing. That was Shay yes, saying yes too. That was. Um, like we were, we showed up to honor hmm. our king, who had gone to be with the ancestors. Hmm. I think the white came from the first trailer because we knew what it was when they were walking down and they had the Black Panther helmet and everybody's dancing in the white. As soon as the trailer dropped, it was like all of a sudden I saw, all right, opening weekend, we're wearing white. So I'm like, all right, let me go shopping. <laughs> so just all of that, once again, just what that meant to us as a people and to show up in the theater, like I said, popcorn in hand and everybody's shaking like mm-hmm. and people, and so many of my friends like, I'm bringing Kleenex, I'm bringing Kleenex and then the feedback is that everybody's sobbing all the way through it. Hmm. It just meant that much hmm. to us. I can't even explain it. I sound silly trying to ramble but explain it, but it just meant absolutely that much to us as an African American and I would venture to say African collective. Because hmm. that was our hero hmm. who we lost. We had to go and make sure that his story and that his legacy was honored. You know, this sounds this sounds like I'm being flippant, and I'm not. Uh, but I'm gonna. Uh, 
So we were just in the US. We do not get these commercials up here. Is a commercial for Happy Meals. Um, this is why I say it sounds like I'm being flippant. My kids and I were, were sitting there, we're watching TV in the US last week. And the Happy Meals for Wakanda Forever. And the commercial comes on. I'm like, okay, sure, that makes sense. That's what McDonald's does. But I'd never seen them do a commercial like this. And it was literally the things that you're you're both saying. It was these kids saying, people say Wakanda is is not a real place, but it is real when I can see people like me on screen. And the, these these young black kids who are responding. And I'm like, the McDonald's all of a sudden here is not selling a toy. They're selling a, a, a legacy. They're selling they're selling a collective, and I'd never seen that before. Which is why I'm bringing it up because all the things you're saying is the way they chose to market it. And I thought that's fascinating. On the on the flip side, I've seen an ad up here for Sprite. And it's a guy opening the fridge and it's a member of the Dora Milaje and she drinks a Sprite in the inside and she puts it back and he goes, wow. And then it's Black Panther, see it in theaters. And I'm like, okay, you just sold me Sprite. But the Happy Meal was not doing that. It was fascinating to me. Um, and, and I knew, I, I knew I had, because we've had these conversations. We, I've had it, you know, I've had it with both of you the the black the the chaswood bozeman's death has has hit different but you know again now i feel like i'm hearing you i'm starting to understand i think a little bit a, a lot more about why um and and i i mean again it's hmm. 99 superheroes yeah not even being racist so don't go there Emailing us as Greenfish. Don't even come with us like that. But we're going to be 100. 99 superheroes in the image of Steve. All of them get movies. The good ones get sequels. No, it's true. This is our one. You know what's funny to me, too, about that? Is that, like, I, I said it before, like, I've been watching Marvel for a long time. There's people older than me who've been into Marvel and DC forever, like the comics even before the films. Um, and something I think about sometimes is like I grew up in Nigeria, but I grew up kind of reading comic books, but like watching all the all the movies. Um, and I've always been a fan. Like I was a fan before I knew who the Black Panther was. And so when he finally got his own film, I was like, oh, like this is a big moment. But then I realized I find it interesting when you hear stuff like um, or like the executives think the African story won't sell or the Black story won't sell. But I'm like, but well, we've been here the entire time, a few of us anyway like as fans of whatever you've given um so i don't know it felt like this thing of like wait what have i been doing this entire time where now i'm like oh now i now i now i see me question mark i don't know like what have like what have i been seeing before this and what have i been kind of understanding from you or whose perspective have i been listening to before this moment and now you're like oh now your your perspective matters too so i guess you can you can we can tell it to you now i don't know if you know what i mean but I find that interesting. Like there's been fans here who are people of color and have just been fans because um and it feels like now they're like, oh, you exist when they've been here the whole time. Hmm. Hmm. That has nothing to do with it. It's just yeah, that's I think. 
No, I I I love this conversation. I I, I th- it's been fascinating to see how the MCU's evolved, and not just like the storyline and Thanos and snaps and time and travel and all this. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the MCU has evolved now to a point where they're trying to tell so many different stories of 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 people, not just not just different stories i mean you know but the you know even like you look at shang chi yeah shang chi even, even... namor's backstory yeah um the the echo uh is gonna be yeah, a, echoes coming it's deaf now community. That's, you know yeah deaf and native american yeah um uh, uh oh, Ms. Ms. Marvel. Ms. Marvel. Marvel. oh my goodness that was so good. which was excellent was so good um even even black widow for all the the time it took to get there you know for that to start off phase four has has signaled a very different very different thing that we're, we've moved when you think back to the beginning and it was four white men and the side chick <laughs> pardon my expression um it's it's evolved into this thing that's it's more uh, so so much more open um, to tell the stories of others. It's it's pretty amazing. Um, I, I want to come back to to Black Panther uh, to Wakanda Forever here because I, I I mean we can talk about this and I I'm learning I learn a lot in these conversations. I love these conversations, but. Um, the the idea we talked about the grief of Chadwick's loss, and grief is key within the film. Um, and I appreciate, as I said before, I appreciate the film doesn't just try tackle tackle the idea of being sad. Like it doesn't say, "Oh well, you know, it, I'm just sad." But the, how we handle grief, and even Shay, you talked about the doubt that it can cause in our in our pain I, I was wondering how you felt about the way grief is depicted within the film uh how it ties to to the actual grief that was being experienced with with bozeman's death um but but what are the things that you saw uh within the film shay why don't we start I, with you, you know, yeah i thought it was powerful and i think i'm looking at it mostly from shuri's perspective because she was like front and center yeah. with it um, like a thing for her, even at, and again, because because I'm a Christian, I was really like, oh my gosh! Like a lot of, I think a lot of people who believe in God or believe in higher power sometimes go through this, where you go through a hardship or a a loss, and then you start to question God essentially, like, well, why did this happen? And there's a line Cherie says she's talking to Neymar, and she's like, uh, why did the ancestors give me these powers or these gifts if I can't heal my brother with them? Um, or uh, she's telling her mom like well, you get comforted by his spirit, but that's just your imagination. Like science is basically all I'm sticking with. I'm sticking with facts, not any of this that you've taught me. Um, I thought that was interesting. Like, I've never personally gone through anything like that, that heartbreaking, um, but like that's something we hear all the time. And I think even seeing it play out on screen is very believable in a way that I don't know if, again, I, mean, I don't know if like a lot of films, especially comic book films do that, um, I think like Thor Love and Thunder kind of did with uh, Gore a little bit, but yeah, like asking those questions, going through hard times, like, especially with our idea of like, when you think of God and all the like, spirituality seems so 
positive um, and so when you hit the negative in life it's like well then is it real like what what are we what are we doing or what am I doing wrong just questions like that so I thought that was powerful having her work through those um yeah yeah being transparent here I have lost a parent at age 12 and I have lost a sibling so her line of dialogue where you know when she's they get into the story and Queen Ramonda is ready to burn the morning cloth signaling that that season's over for her sure is like eh eh so I start processing and Shuri says the line I don't know if it's there or whenever but it's like if I start thinking about it I want to burn the whole world down <laughs> that whole thing of undealt with untapped grief and how that devolves into rage is something that I have felt in my life and so many people have felt that in their lives the impact of rage the impact of just your soul is just burning because that individual who you loved all your future plans are now gone if they're gone you know and I'm probably going to get a call back to that in my personal life because this week in U.S. Thanksgiving, I'm taking my children to St. Louis, Missouri, the place where I was born. It was also the place where their grandfather was killed. Hmm. And I speak about him in abstracts and photos, and it's this guy who they don't know, they don't understand, but he's everything to me. And What that will do to your soul if you do not press in power and work through that. You'll feel like Shuri, like you want to burn the world down. Which is why it made absolute perfect sense that when she made the herb and she went to the ancestral plane, she saw Killmonger. Yeah. Made all the sense in the world. Yeah. That was fantastic. That was fantastic. That was the best cameo ever. <laughs> it was so good. And I mean, you're absolutely right, Chris. It made sense. It wasn't just an... They didn't just make an excuse. To yeah, they, did, they didn't give us CGI Chadwick with some canned dialogue. And my sister, you must do what is honorable. <laughs> they, gave her, they, gave him, they gave her the right individuals. Like, I know exactly what you feel. Gone. Do that. Mm -hmm. You can be noble like your brother, or you go handle your business. Yeah. And even in the next scene, when she lies and said nothing happened, the ferocity in which she punches the stand-up model, and the ferocity that she makes her appearance in the Black Panther suit, and arm wrestles Mbaku. Just, just just, think about that with all the weight and all the rage and all the stuff that's carried in her soul. And then add to that the fact that Namor's killed her mother. Mm 
And I'm like, she lost everything. In the course of three films, she lost her father, her brother, and her mother. Ooh, I could not imagine. I could not imagine. So awesome. So she took all that to that battlefield. <laughs> Cut one of his back foot wings off. <laughs> I think we all have a general assumption. I mean, this is a gross exaggeration, probably. I can't speak for everybody, but I feel like maybe actually let me rephrase. I I feel like we all want to have a general thought that everything's going to be fine all the time. I'm not saying that we all, uh, that lots of people are struggling to the point that they just don't. Don't talk, man. I am way past that. I spent my 30s and my 40s going through. Can it just all be all right? Right. So I'm about crossing over with this five in front of your age. You surrendered. like, all right, Lord. What are we doing? <laughs> yeah. <sighs> but, Let's go. But- but we make plans. We make plans, right? And we assume everything's going to be okay. And I, I mentioned my family was in the U.S. We had vacation plans. Well, right. three days before we were supposed to go away, my dad goes into hospital with COVID. Um, he's doing. He was. He's doing fine. So what? I mean, he's doing fine now. Well, we put it off three days because it's COVID. So it's you know it's like there's a timeline on it. So we're like, okay, well. We put it another three days, then it'll be like day seven. We'll have a better idea of where how he's doing. We could always push it off again. We literally made our decision to go. He he told us to go. Everybody, he was doing much better. We literally decided to go three hours before, like three hours before we were supposed to leave for the flight. Like it was that close. So we were not going to go. But again, had these plans, didn't didn't go. A better example, though, the, I say that because it just happened to us. A better example. Um, 10 years ago oh my word 10 years ago it's been that long okay 10 years ago we were pregnant and we lost the baby uh miscarriage at 14 weeks 14 14 weeks yeah 14 weeks i was in the lineup picking up my tickets for the toronto international film festival as as i do uh and i got a call from my wife saying things weren't she wasn't feeling well okay well we'll check it out and within three days or four days we were in hospital because we but we make these plans assuming things are going to be okay even with the even with in the case with chadwick follow my my line of thinking Everybody just you. assumes he's going to do three, four, five, six, twelve movies. You know, even if he just walks on, says, you know, Wakanda forever and leaves. You know, like people just assume. To that point, and I got to mention this. Because everybody knows by now that he hid his illness. Hmm. And if you go look at his body of work from back, Black Panther backwards, you can see his physical deterioration. Hmm. Hmm. That last public video that he made before he passed, where he was asked, I think he was asking to give to some sort of foundation. 
I don't even remember what it was. But when he's, I look, we all looking at him, emaciated in that video, like, is he in training for a role or something? Mm-hmm. Okay, so I guess he's going to do that and slim all the way down and then pull his weight back up for Black Panther too, because he's getting ready to go. And we had no idea. Yeah. He knew, but we didn't know. Talking about your plans. Yeah. But I, I think we just have this natural inclination to hope that things are going to be okay. or, or, or and, and I think that makes it so much harder when they're not sometimes. And I'm not saying we shouldn't have that hope. I think we need that to be sane. But to because, Shay, you made a point about faith being shaken. And, and you hear Shuri, you know, say, you know, uh, everything is just shaken now because this has happened. And, uh, of course, you know, for them making the film, there's a real edge to it as well. I mean, we, we, I did an interview with one of the, the, uh, the cast, she played the shaman and she was saying like, she's leading the funeral and it's real. It was real for her. But I mean, it makes sense that, that it would shake. Why is this happening? Because I think the re- this gets to my point. I think, I think we're at the. Because we we always assume or hope that things are always going to be okay when they're not, we can't explain why they're not. And so, like, when we lost the baby, I mean, it it was devastating. It was devastating. Because you're pregnant, you just assume you're going to have a baby. Things happen. And, and it makes it so hard to put the world together. Look like at my case, you're 12 years old. Yeah. On a Saturday, and you just assume one day I'm going to get married, and I'm going to have kids, and this old dude will be bouncing him on his arm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Chris, I mean, that's, that's, that's such a tragic story. Again, it, it goes with your point about like and into that a whole overarching theme, what grief mm. does to a person, and not that grief in and of itself is bad. I believe it's a necessary process. Yeah. I also believe that humanity has a way to stunt that process because those who watch others grieve. It makes them so uncomfortable that they want them that they want the people who are grieving jolted and shaken out of that process. Yeah. Not for the comfort of the person that's going through it, but so that they don't have to watch the pain. So they don't have to watch the suffering. So when you in Canada see certain reactions to black police violence black suffered police violence and things happening with our community with, you know, so many of our innocent, unarmed men being killed for the pettiest of crimes. And we march the streets and we protest and we do what we do. And everybody's coming in, thoughts and prayers, thoughts and prayers, thoughts and prayers. What our LGBTQIA community is going through Colorado and everybody with thoughts and prayers and thoughts and prayers and thoughts and prayers 
how many of those folks are going to try to propel those people inside that club out of their grieving process mm-hmm. because they can't stand to watch it. They can't handle it. But it's necessary to take that journey. And now that I think about it in that way, that's why that movie was two hours, 41 minutes long. Mm. It started with Shuri. It ended with Shuri. And in between that whole thread and that whole stretch was just the long, arduous journey that she had to take from one side to the other. Couldn't save my brother. I'm enraged. We haven't talked about Riri Williams yet, but now here's this young lady who is on the scene and has these powers, and now they're after her. They want to kill her. I'm going to willfully give myself up to be a prisoner to ensure that she's saved and protected and be whisked away to Talakan. I'm rescued. I come back. They attack my nation. They kill my mother. All that in my heart. Just fire. And, and here's my big cousin. Showing up in the ancestral plane saying, do what you gotta do. Kill these such and such. And in that battleground to where she's weakened anymore. It has all the fury in her arsenal to take those vibranium claws and just gut homeboy's neck. And then her mom shows up. Show him who you are. Because we know Shuri. If you go back to number one, that was smiling, jokey joke, happy-go-lucky. Yeah, we're going to do what we got to do to save the world, but I'm going to use the heck out of this science, and I'm sure I'm going to have fun doing it. Even in the streets of Korea, when she's taking the realm on the car, the joy and the life. And to have all that stripped away because of loss, because of suffering, to lose that smile, to lose that joy. And then you flip around and, and and we find ourselves having a reason to experience, for her to experience and witness that joy coming back. Because big revelation that her mom was about to tell her before Namor interrupted their morning cloth ceremony. T'Challa lives. And to watch that, I mean, to watch that whole arc full circle. And as far as MCU end credit scenes, that was just great. That was just great. That was great, 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 great. She kept, When she shows up saying, this is my son, I'm getting yeah! You know. And, and Protected I, name Toussaint. And then he said, you're going to keep your secret. Here's my secret. My name is not Toussaint. My name is T'Challa. I'm like, ooh, that is some sleight of hand, Marvel. I see you. Yeah, I, I will say this. 
they managed to have their cake and eat it too. Yeah. Was, yeah, was like we're not recasting is. T'Challa, but we're recasting T'Challa. Yeah, we, yeah, they managed. I, I actually, and I actually appreciated that because that was great. That the conversation around recast T'Challa, um, I, I, I was listening to both sides of the argument, and and I, the needle kept moving for me both sides. I'm like, well, I think they should. But I understand why they wouldn't like. It's not like the guy left the role, you know. It's it's not like what we saw with. Uh, well, now we think of him as Don Cheadle, but remember, it started with uh, Terrence Howard. Terrence Howard. Um, but you know, it's 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 totally different. It's totally different. But you, by you the way they handled it, actor, though, and you can put another actor in T'Challa's. Uh-uh. But now you can. If they, if they, I mean, but if they had done traditional part two, yeah, you know, and just continued it with somebody else in that role, you want to talk about people showing up with pitchforks and torches to the theater? I was arguing with my mother about this. I'm like, you got to understand that that's that will be the hardest role for somebody ever to play. Yeah, everything. It, the way that he sneezed would have been compared to Chadwick. He would not sneeze that way. He would not. Uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. Uh-uh. So, I would like to. I would like to hear that Twitter conversation. That's not how Chadwick sneezed. Uh, <laughs> oh, somebody. Oh, they. Oh, our people would have did a whole Facebook post like, "Why is he holding his hand this way? Why would he hold the claws that way?" He would never hold that claw that way. When you look at the reality, there's no. Re- yeah, it, it it's it's a whole thing. Well, you know, with that being said, I mean, I, I I would love to. You know, we're starting to run out of time, but I wanted to ask you about the idea of legacy within the film, not because the film. I mean, certainly Chadwick has left a le- legacy. This is this is a very unique style of of way to discuss it. But but what the film is really saying about how what it means to leave a legacy or or continue a legacy. I I'm gonna merge some answers together. So I, I think I okay, when you asked us before what what is a legacy or what do you think it means to leave a legacy, the first thing that came to my mind is this line from Hamilton where he says, uh it's leaving, planting seeds in the ground you never get to see. That's what a legacy is. Um, and I mean, that could be good or bad, but it's like you've you've given something to the world, to the earth that you may never benefit from, but other people will benefit from. And I think that's definitely something that, that Chadwick Boseman did. And I was thinking about this before as well. I was like, I think, I honestly believe that the reason why he had such a big impact like on, on the world was because of who he was, but I truly believe he had like a calling to this. I think, I think it was more spiritual than anything. And like he, that he was kind of led to this job and this role. And then the kind of person he was with his intentionality on like what roles he would play and how he would play those roles and how he wanted black people and black men to be represented was a very specific intentional decision on his part. And I honestly believe from God, to be honest. Um, And so, uh, yeah, and I, the, I think the man play for giants, Thurgood Marshall, yeah. Godfather, Soul James Brown, Jackie Robinson, 
in the the template for every black superhero which will ever show up on screen for the rest of history. Mm-hmm. Bam! One, two, three, four. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and I think, yeah, that definitely impacted. Like, the legacy he's leaving behind um, as an actor is, is that. It's like, not just, you know, the thing of like, we can, now we can see black men who are regal and who are like humble and who are also like humble and authoritative and like respected and, and you know, like that draw people to them instead of making people fear them and things like that. There are things I think Chadwick was very intentional about leaving and that people, even if it's not just, oh, we can have other black men on screen like that, it's like black kids can be like, oh, I can be like this in my life. And that's, that's fine. That's not something that's, corny as people say it's it, it can be good to do um in terms of the movie and like the movie carrying on his legacy yeah i think that was also a big reason why i honestly was not for them recasting T'Challa because i don't think anybody else could have played this T'Challa like Chadwick Boseman did and it would have been too much for an actor to come and do after he's gone um but i yeah i'm happy am i happy i don't know we'll see like with the, his kid now um, Marvel is being like, okay, we still have the Black Panther. And that's something they said. They said to Shuri, like, your brother is gone, but the Black Panther is still here or something else still lives. The idea that, like, T'Challa isn't here, Chadwick isn't here, but the idea of the Black Panther and the idea of, like, the African superhero, that's not gone, really, even if Chadwick is. And so a lot of people were like, yeah, but he did such good things for us and we need that character back. But even though that character is gone, the mantle kind of is still there and can still be impactful for generations to come i think yeah i feel like i rambled on that but i don't know ah you were good you didn't ramble well uh in terms of i'm gonna come with legacy from a different angle As we stand today, that's $552 million worldwide. You got a black director. His last two movies are going to clear $2 billion. Mm. Shameless plug. Twice I watched Is It Black Enough For You? The Netflix documentary from Elvis Mitchell where he chronicles the 1970s era of black cinema, starting from Sweet Sweet Back through my favorite movie of all time, Shaft, all the way through the 80s, and the filmmakers, the actors, and what that whole quote-unquote black exploitation industry in films did to keep Hollywood afloat as studios were just dying by making their big, lavish, epic stuff that nobody cared about. So, that film harkens back to Oscar Michaud and all the different pioneering black filmmakers in the 1930s, and I didn't even know there was more than one. Because they always mention Oscar Michaud. Mm. But, how they had to fund their own stuff create theaters which were not on the level as your downtown palaces just to have black audiences see their stuff and the hunger and thirst for movies was so great they couldn't they had they had the resources to keep making them and churning product out 
We go from that through all the history, through, through Portier, through Gordon Parks, through the Black Exploitation era, through Spike Lee, through John Singleton. And here we are. This man's probably going to clear, like I said, oh, and it, this, he's going to clear over $2 billion with box office grosses. Because he created the first most astounding epic achievement by a black filmmaker we ever saw. And then he made one that was five to ten times bigger than the last one. And I'm just sitting there like, dude. As a black cinema person, like, this is what we talked about. This is what it, we always wanted to prove that we could do. Mm. And Ryan Coogler has proven that he can write his own check for the rest of his life. I want to make a movie about birds in flight. Here. $50 million. Go handle it. Something about that legacy. Mm. We talked earlier in the podcast about Angela Bassett and how great she was and why y'all were talking about how she owned everything she was in. I strict I circle back to what's love got to do with it. When she owned that role as Tina Turner. That's the legacy. Chadwick goes without saying. Even Michael B. Jordan showing up as Killmonger, the legacy of that character still sitting and breathing you know the whole thing when you really get right down to it like I said I think that's the answer to what we were proposing before why is this just bigger than MCU mm. it's because we watching Black Legacy on display mm. in a way that we have never ever seen in American cinematic culture I ain't gonna say American culture but There's never been nothing bigger than this. Mm. Nobody's ever made a bigger movie. And, and, and we've got two best picture winners in Moonlight and 12 Years a Slave. But it's in terms of depth, richness, and scope. If there's still a thing, such thing as movie theaters, whatever, in 20 years from now, we're going to talk about the first time we saw Black Panther. When Chadwick died and what was going on in the theater when we saw Black Panther Wakanda forever. Mm. That's etched in our souls forever. And that's legacy. Mm. Etched in the soul. I like that. Um, that connects with what you're both been saying. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I think that ties in very well, nicely to what the the film is saying as well. Um, I appreciated in a lot of ways the fact that that Shuri doesn't try to be him. You know, she doesn't try to be Killmonger; she tries to be Shuri. Mm-hmm. But this idea of what it, of of being Black Panther, what it means to be Black the Black Panther 
is something that is honored as part of her soul. And part of that part, there was, the, there is soul to it. Like, maybe I'm, maybe I'm using the term improperly here, but yeah, I, I, I appreciate the way that you're both discussing this because like Chris, when you're talking about legacy, you're talking about it, 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 the whole film itself is leaving a legacy forget forget the characters just the very fact that this film exists is leaving a legacy and that's that's bigger than it's the culmination of what every one of these artists that i mentioned fought for mm. 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 yeah which is why wrapping up avatar can be as good as it's probably going to be everyone's still in love with everything everywhere all at once as they should be but i'm really 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 hoping wakanda forever wins best picture hmm. gladiator could all of those sweeping storming epics of the 60s could this is on that level to me. Mm. This is on that level to me. Mm. It's like the first one, the first Black Panther was so good, it got the nomination. But if Disney um, opens their eyes and really funnels this the way they should, and Avatar just turns out to be okay or entertaining, even though it's costing like half a gazillion dollars to make. Five Panther is the one they really need to push. Mm. Angela should win. Ryan Coogler should win. The whole darn thing should just win. Well, this seems almost pointless, but uh, on that note, let's screen it or skip it. <laughs> Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, screen it or skip it. <laughs> Maybe it's... Screen it. Yeah. Screen it for all the reasons we've mentioned in this song. And at 294 like... million and counting, they've already screened it. <laughs> so. I want to watch it again because it takes me a while to really like absorb stuff I see like in movies. Um, but I don't have a chance to see it, so I'm definitely going to go back and see it again. I'm going Friday, but it's super poignant because I'm going Friday. Again, I was born and raised in St. Louis, Missouri, and when I was a child, there were two big movie theaters. There was a Creepcore Cine where we saw Star Wars and Empire Strikes Back on one side of town. And the other side of town, the big theater was called the Esquire. Esquire was um, built in the 1930s. It's been reconfigured. But the Esquire is still standing. And I saw Return of the Jedi in 70mm. I saw Die Hard in 70mm in there. And me and my oldest kid, Friday night, will be watching Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, 
in that big auditorium, which yeah. is the place they gave birth to my love for cinema. Nice. And that whole thing is just everything to me. Mm-hmm. And my family will roll their eyes. Why are you going all the way to Esquire? You don't understand. In that theater. And so to watch it there is full circle mm-hmm. for me. As a lifelong film analyst, cinema nerd, geek, what have you. Very cool. Yeah. I mean, you can skip it. It's kind of <laughs> lame. It, no, it's a screen. It obviously this is a screen. It it's it's an incredible film. Um, and uh, I mean, con- we didn't I, even mention Rihanna's song. Ah, oh, the entire soundtrack is amazing, actually. But yeah, I, 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 I didn't. I, I am not in love with Rihanna's song. <laughs> I'll be honest. I'm sorry. I just thought it was okay. Yeah. Um, Bruh. Okay. Fine words. I, I'm saying. Listen to I, the rest of the song. Literally, I spent the whole day before even trying buying the track on Apple Music. I just kept hearing, even in the recesses of my soul, I keep hearing, you know, lift me up, hold me down, keep me safe, safe, and whatever the lyrics are. I just hear that reframe in my spirit because they wrote that and she wrote that as a tribute to Chadwick Boseman's legacy it's the whole intentionality behind the song Hems actually wrote that the Nigerian singer she's on background vocals in that too which sounds like a lot it sounds like a Tim song it's very in her style of music the way she sings Y'all are just going to make me feel bad for saying it did nothing for me. <laughs> I'm sorry. I thought, I like, I was like, oh, that. when, good. when, after the, the, the first one, I was like, I was, I was all in on, on the weekend's theme for like months. That would be oh, Kendrick been... Lamar. Kendrick Lamar, my apologies. All the stars. Get it right. It, it was fantastic. It was great. And, and, and when I heard Rihanna's, I was like, okay. Let's give the rest of the soundtrack a chance, though. I really, like, I feel like of all the songs, that one's not my favorite either, but there are songs on the soundtrack that I really, really do love. Sure. Well, I, I'm happy to do that. I just I just was <laughs> warm to it, is all I'm saying. All good. You, bro. You. Um, thank you both so much for being here. I really do appreciate it. I appreciate the conversation, and uh, I just... I just really appreciate you both and, and this, the time we can chat. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Uh, and for you at home, a reminder, you can find us wherever podcasts are available. You can find us on YouTube, like, and subscribe. Um, if you go to the screen, if you, you can find us wherever podcasts are available. If you go to the podcast page on screenfish.net, you can download Fishing for More, which are small group questions to help you get the conversation started where you are. Uh, I think we're back next week. Um, I am not entirely sure whether we are or not. There might be a blip in the schedule, but I think we are back next week. Um, But again, thank you to you both. And for you at home, we started the conversation. This was Screenfish. Screenfish.